episode two, Coach's Corner, Strength and Conditioning Edition. Um, good thing is that there's no video this time, so we can do whatever we want. Um, uh, so our topic for today is going to be uh, coaching in our current climate, parenting issues, and uh, athletes' attitude, and what the culture's turned into. So um, any of you guys can start, because I know my, my first pet peeve is how kids are taught and how they're taught to talk to people nowadays. Okay. Um, I think out of those three, one of the things that um, might bug me the most is the, the parenting thing. Um, I feel like I can kind of break it. Most kids with attitude and, the way sometimes you just got to adapt to situations talking about the climate and i mean i got stuff on that too but for me just the biggest point is the parenting and um one of the things i think i dislike the most um with some parents is whenever they'll bring their kid in and you know i have no problem with someone watching me train their kid but don't be trying to like coach me coach them um if you know you're a parent and you feel like you can coach your kid then there's no need for me then take your kid to the gym or take your kid wherever you want to take them and coach them um whatever you feel is best for your kid you know do that and this isn't me trying to tell people how to parent this is i don't want parents coming to try and tell me how to coach um I just, you know, I went to school for coaching. I've gotten my certifications. I've done my internship. But, you know, I've, I've done my part into learning how to coach. Um, and I've worked hard at it. I still study all the time. So, um, for me, that is my biggest issue with parents is whenever they feel the need to constantly put in their input when you're trying to coach. Like, let me coach them. And after a few months, if they haven't gotten any better, then that's when you cease, you know, bringing them. Because um, I can I can promise you, if they're coming, putting in the work, and you're letting me do my job, your kid's going to get better. Yeah, I know. I think the only problem I've had on that is the – it's not the – it's not – I think I've had one issue with that, but I think mine's been more of the kid coming in and expecting it just to get better just because they're here. Ah, got it. You got that. And then there was one other thing I was trying to, I was, I was completely blanked on, but there's that. And then you have, Oh, you have the parents that think that they can train their kid. And then when they wonder why it's not working or they say, I'm not going to pay for these things. And then you look at a kid and go, you, you're basically getting told by your parent, when you can figure it out on your own, they're not right or they're not qualified. Oh uh -huh. uh, well, he played Division One football. Oh uh, well, he played you know D two baseball. You know she played college volleyball. It's like it doesn't it just doesn't translate like that. No, maybe skill wise, skill wise, one hundred percent believe it, but I don't think weight room just doesn't. Well, even the fact of just because you play at a certain level does not actually give you accreditation that you can actually coach somebody at that level. Yeah. I've seen a lot of coaches all the time that were great, you know, great athletes, but didn't turn out to be great coaches. That happens all the time. Or you see people most of the time, honestly, like I've always went by, I mean, just take myself, 
not the greatest athletes are, you know, the more coachable ones, what have you, usually end up being the best coaches because they took the time to actually learn the process, even though they weren't that great. But they also knew if I messed up, I was coming out at any time, you know, type deal. So, uh-huh. um, and then also too, with the, uh, just to kind of piggyback off y'all, uh, and none of us are saying about parents that give suggestions. And when I say that, I say, Hey, I think he needs to work on his power. Hey, I think he needs to work, you know, be more explosive. He needs to work on his speed. Um, he needs to get his bench up. He needs to get a squat up. Those are the suggestions that we're talking about. But now when they are mentioning you trying to teach us how, or you trying to tell us how to coach your son and being like, you come in and be like, Hey, um, I want you to do this and this because he needs to do this and this. But when you do this and this, you need to do it this, this and the way. Well, at this point, like, why are you paying the middleman? Like, what you paying me for? Like, <laughs> like you won't give me the whole blueprint. Like, there's no point for you to even come in. Y'all can just do open gym. Uh-huh. I mean, if yeah. you know more than me, like, go ahead, do it. You know, you don't need me. But if you uh-huh. came out, they're just gonna run wild. Right? Yeah, you came and seek this for our, our, you know, our expertise. Let us do our thing and watch it develop. It may not happen as fast as you wanted to, but that's all things. It takes time. It, you know, takes time to grow, move, and work. And another one of my pet peeves. Kids that are think they're entitled. Yeah. They think they get the first dibs. They can just, you know, do little simple things. Like just take things for granted, take things for free, <laughs> you know, borrow things because they think they who they are. Uh, you know, I'm the best athlete out here. I'm the best one you got. So just let me go ahead and just hold this. It don't work like that, player. Well, there's, <laughs> I think the only thing that's probably worse than that, as funny as it is to watch that happen, is – um, having the kids who've never been told no yeah. by their parents. I think that's probably the worst one because there's there's nothing else besides that. They don't understand respect. They don't understand anything besides I'm going to get what I want no matter what I have to do. I think I, I had a lot of fun with that with uh, when I was coaching at the college level because you get kids from all different perspectives, all different homes, uh, different backgrounds, different families, but they had to learn to work all together because they were all separate at one point. They worked together fine with that group. And now I have to learn to work together all again with a bunch of grown adults to a certain degree, because you're working with 18 to 22, 23 year olds or what have you. And it's just the whole breaking them into the whole fact that you are not that good because everybody's good here. Yeah. Learn your, you know, learn, learn your place. Now there are some freaks, some freak athletes out there that come in as a freshman playing alongside a senior that happens everywhere. But, like, just having the entitlement that you think you should be doing this, like, the whole – I call it the booby miles <laughs> entitlement, you know. <laughs> if you want to win, put booby in, <laughs> you know. that. Uh, but, yeah, that's – I'm going to let Matt talk. Matt, talk. I'm going to keep talking. <laughs> hey, go ahead. <laughs> so, like, I agree with, like, kind of feedback off everybody. The biggest thing is I do nutrition and I do just, you know, some coaching. Um, parents come in and say, oh, my kid needs to gain weight. They need to lose weight. But – you know, we need to feed him this, this, and this. Should he just eat everything? Like, like you got, everyone said, everyone's the same thing. If you know what to do and you know how to do it, why are you coming to see me? Like, all of us have said that at some point. Like, we have certifications. We have specialties. We all focus, and we all get a really, really, really good at our thing. So let us do our job as coaches and make your kids better and get them to their next level, whether it's college or pro. Now, from coaching, entitled little kids 
is my number one pet peeve. Like, <laughs> do not come in here thinking you are God's gift to whatever sport you play because you are not. There's always somebody better. Always. If it's not the coach, it could be the kid next to you that's training with you. It doesn't matter. Or the kid comes in an hour after you. There's always someone better than you. Uh, and I hope I'm not like talking bad about somebody, but um, that would be But the whole fact of watching Ant kick somebody out for their entire <laughs> like, like I'm going to keep bringing that up every chance I can. Because I, I've never seen that. Like, obviously, yeah, in, in, you know, in the college setting, we kick players out all the time, you know, or they do up downs for the whole, you know, hour that the team is there, but they get to come back. But like this, uh, the actual fact of you telling somebody get out the gym and don't come back. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I started facing that when I got down here. And I think part of it is just because it's the South and we're everything's handled differently than how, how it was in PA in New York. So, like, if you came in and you screwed around, like, you got chewed. It didn't matter. And yeah. I think I, from what I've seen, it's like they let certain things go and it's okay to an extent. I feel like some people just don't want to deal with it. But it's gotten I mean, to a point where it was for me is more of a service to, and I've done this with, I haven't, I haven't kicked anyone else out, but it's doing, doing this kind of service to the parent who's paying all that money. If their kid's not going to listen and they're not going to respect and they're not getting better then and they, and they see that struggle happen. I don't want that parent spending money just to pay me and the kid just not make progress. Right. Because it's a waste on all fronts. I mean, even for me, I'd rather you just not pay me and then just go. Yeah. Just so you save your money and you save your time. There's a huge difference from, like, up north to, like, down here, though. Like Ed was saying, like, if you up there and you're messing around, like Sam's like, you're either running laps, you're running sprints the entire practice, you're doing suicide, you're doing up-down, you're doing wall sits, whatever it is the coach has for their, quote-unquote, punishment for you. And then if you don't like it, you don't do it, you're gone. There's so many kids that want to be on that team that to throw one or two out just for a point about attitude isn't going to hurt the team as a whole because there's hundreds of kids compared to down here where there might be 50, there's 100 up north. It's just a population thing. And then just the attitudes up there are, I think, are a little worse than down here. Yeah, compared to athletes, the attitudes up there are way worse. <laughs> but I mean, here's one thing: I think they're they're a lot more blunt about how they feel right off the bat. Right. You don't have to dig at all, and they're no. No figuring them out the moment they walk into the gym or into a facility. You know what they're about, mm -hmm. which is good on that front. But if they're not willing to be coachable, it's twice as bad. Yeah, then it's about how do we handle. For me, I mean, I tell kids all the time, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not here to try to make you coachable. Either you're coachable or you're not. Like, either you're coming in to get better. Like, why? I break it down to them like this. Like, why are you here? Like, yeah. you're here to get better, right? You can't you coach back to me and getting you no better. Like, you complaining about exercise I'm having you do ain't getting you no better. Like, you're here because you're trying to get better. So, let's do what I tell you to do and let's keep it moving. Um, like, and again, like Santuan said, I'm not above taking any kind of like input from people. Like if uh, a kid says, well, I really feel like I need to work on this part of my game. Okay, we can work on that. You know, no problem. Um, like I'm not above taking input, 
but at the same time, don't give me attitude when I ask you to do this because I see you need to work on this. Right. Um, so it's, it's all on the kids themselves to be coachable. And part of that, again, goes, goes back on the parents. Um, and because if you're – again, I'm not trying to tell anyone how to be a parent. Um, but if parents are letting their kids talk back to them and, like, not being strict with their kids – then that's kind of following them right into the gym and they feel like they can do that with any kind of authoritative authoritative figure like any coach or the principal at school their teachers like that that all goes back to parenting and how coachable most kids are yeah and then you got you got how they talk to each other oh and i actually fixed a video by the way so yes um i i really think it's just how they're how they're allowed to talk to each other and how they're they react because you have the ones that will say oh that's hard or i'm tired and i, I don't understand i mean for me i don't understand that is a big it's a big issue to me where like you knowingly walked in if you knowingly walked in somewhere saying that you're going to do certain things then you you need to do that right you you are doing a disservice to so many people by standing there and complaining yeah you have already wasted your time yeah um also for me if y'all can tell I, I usually have more issues with the, the parents than i do the kids but um <laughs> no <laughs> um i mean i know santuan has came across this before and i actually had this problem with a kid um, as well, because the kid was, you know, kind of paying for itself. I didn't really have this problem with the parent because the parent wasn't really involved. But, you know, um, when it comes to um, paying, um, obviously, this is our livelihood. Um, this is how we make a living for ourselves. You can't just choose when you want to pay and when you don't want to pay. It's like if you want this training, you have to pay. So, like, just to give you a, a a situation like I had a kid. I'm not going to say any names, but I had a kid. Uh, he came in. It was time for his payment. I'm like, do you have your payment? He's like, no. Um, I My girlfriend came into town. Um, you know, I had to get a hotel room and take out to eat. And OK, um, that's all nice um, and stuff. But um, you're coming here for training. Um, you have to pay for that. You can't walk into Walmart and w tell them, oh, I ain't got no money, uh, but I'll pay you later. I'm going to take this home and I'll pay you later. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that, that's not <laughs> that's not how this works. Like, Layaway trading. And I mean, I know Santuan got a, a similar story, but um, that, that's just... That's not how this works. Like, um, you are coming. You don't get to choose, oh, I had to do this for my kid. I had to do that for my kid. So I can't pay you right now. Um, but I'll pay you a little later. Like, that. that's just not how this works. Yeah. And this problem, obviously, is all over the place. But I think it happens. I feel like I, I, I feel, and I may not be right, but I feel like it happens more down south because – the value that you put as far as what you feel like strength conditioning actually is. I feel like, especially down South, because we always teach our kids, they really don't need to like lift weights or 
work with a coach until a certain age. You know, it's starting you're starting to see it change a lot more now. Mm-hmm. But like say when we was growing up, like we didn't touch a weight in high school until you was almost about to be in ninth grade. Yeah. And like that, by then it's already too late because your body's already went through the whole changing process. You have to learn how to move your body when it's going through the change, changing processes. I mean, if you think about it, like USA has kids that are eight years old starting training with certain, you know, Olympic sports. And what makes us think that we don't need to start training our kids to have better habits? Yeah. Uh, the reason why the game keeps changing is because there's a lot more people that are developing their bodies at a younger age and going through the process as their body changes, learning how to work with it, and then perfect it by the time they're in their adulthood style body. I mean, I think I think a lot a lot of the Asian countries are really good at that. I mean, you see a lot of the weightlifting teams, you see a lot of professional mm-hmm. athletic teams over there. I mean, baseball is not the highlight over there. But they gained, I think, a lot of American athletes because of what's happening. And they yeah. actually started um, streaming the Chinese Pro Baseball League on ESPN. I mean, that's gained some exposure and some traction. But even if you watch, like, um, even some lesser countries, you see them working on, like, that deep squat form or, like, the child squat with kids that are, um, you know, what, seven, eight years old, not even. And they're in just little like play clothes and stuff, and they're outside. They've got a stick or a, like a little PVC pipe, and they're just sitting there doing their thing. And they have them lined up or spread out in the field. I love I love watching other countries, especially when it comes to like weightlifting. Usually, I'm watching only other countries and they're like their training camps and stuff like that, and it's it's amazing because you to think to look at how old these kids are now, and they may. Depending, you know, depending on the country, they may or may not have a choice. But like, it's amazing to me because it was never thought of. It was, yeah, we played outside and stuff like that, but we weren't like training, training at that age. And these young, and you see these young kids going through the same issues that you're going through as an adult, learning how to move, I mean, move your body, move it the best way possible, and you know, depending on the sport, earn a medal type deal. It's just amazing. Yeah. I know. Matt, you got to weigh in on this at some point. I can only talk so long. (laughs) Like the foreign country aspect of it, I know it's kind of not pet peeves and parenting and stuff, but from a nutrition standpoint, foreign countries have way better nutrition than we do here in the States. Like by far, it like blows us out of the water. Mm -hmm. Like obesity here in the U.S. is really bad and it starts so young. But again, that goes with teaching your kids your habits at a younger age kids in foreign countries and i've been to probably six or seven foreign countries and you go over there and not as there might be one in a hundred that's overweight maybe yeah we're here in the u.s is the opposite there might be one in a hundred that is actually in great shape and that's all it's just crazy how it flips that goes back to um like you said the parents because a lot of times when you see those parents that the kids are overweight. Usually, the parents are overweight too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it goes that, hand in hand. It does go hand in hand. But I, I, I'm gonna say this real quick, quick off topic. Um, we ain't got to invite you in to talk, boss. Just feel free to. <laughs> um, obviously, you got good input. Uh, I'm letting y'all letting y'all go back and forth a little bit. Nah, you part of the combo. <laughs> but also, the like that... interruption or anything, you're somewhere where you're gonna get muted. <laughs> We're not getting points. Uh, <laughs> I will say this. I'll mute myself real quick. <laughs> no, you just have your video. 
the wrong button. Download tech savvy. <laughs> but anyway, but the I mean to piggyback off Matt, uh, for people to say, oh, I can't eat carbs. Carbs are bad. There is one country that will teach you that you can eat as much rice as possible. <laughs> get that. So don't tell me you can't have rice. Because <laughs> I I am a sole believer that every plate that they cook ha- always has rice on uh-huh. it. Everyone. Everyone. Okay, so, um, I'm going to reference this. I've shown San- me and Sancho have watched this clip a few times, um, and I think you guys have seen it too. It's the it's a, he's a comedian, but he does this persona called Uncle Roger, and he talks Chinese about like the the perfect way. He, yeah, he's Asian. Now. And, um, you know, not to be culturally insensitive or anything anymore. Um, and I know we have to say that now. Disclaimer. (laughs) And (laughs) even though we got two white guys, two black guys talking about this, you know, it's 2020, (laughs) you don't know what's going to happen anymore. Uh, and he talks about, um, he goes, why is there no MSG? MSG make everything better. <laughs> rump, he said rump MSG on baby. Baby grow. <laughs> <laughs> Put MSG on baby. Baby be better. I mean, but it's simple. I mean, it's funny. A lot of those cultural things are hilarious. But, I mean, you look at their lineage and how they've cooked. I mean, maybe not the whole MSG thing. But, you know, if you look at their diet and everything, they're raised certain ways. And it's within how they act. I mean, even the biggest thing, like, was it Japan after the World Cup stayed and cleaned up the stadium? Mm-hmm. I mean, that speaks volumes to, mm-hmm. to people who got who got paid. They got paid to play the sport, and there's people who pay who get paid to clean up. And they went ahead and just did it. I mean, and there's another thing. I think it's a um, there's a player. I think it's Chelsea FC who has a broken, and this is, I mean, I wouldn't, I might've gotten a new one by this point, but he had a broken iPhone. I mean, the whole front completely shattered. And someone got a picture of it. And um, the guy, they asked him, like, you know, you get paid, I think he got, gets paid like $11 million a year, mm. something like that. Some, you know, six, seven figures easy. And he's like, why don't you, why don't you buy a new iPhone? And he goes, well, it still works. Like it still works. I can still see it. I can still work everything. Why? I need to find that quote real quick. But and it, it, it the speaks. iPhone wasn't even a newer one. It was probably like a iPhone six or something. Yeah, <laughs> with a broken screen. Come on, Matt. Your turn. Oh, I'll fill it that time. Got it. <laughs> uh, all right, here you go. It's. Uh, <laughs> Matt still didn't say anything. <laughs> I know, he's not saying a word. Uh, come on, Matt, you got time. I'm trying to find the quote. How are the Patriots going, Matt? Yeah. They're not doing good. <laughs> not good. All right. So now, mind you, the guy is, what, 28 years old from Senegal. Plays for Liverpool. So I was way off. Um, but, and of Matt. course, I'm on a website that has to have pop-ups every, like, you know, five seconds. But um, he says, uh, why would I want, oh my God, can't even read anything. Why would I want 10 Ferraris, 20 diamond watches, or two planes? What will these objects do for me and for the world? I was hungry, and I had to work in the field. 
I survived hard times, played football barefooted. I did not have an education in many other things, but today with what I earned thanks to football, I can help my people. I built schools, a stadium. We provide clothes, shoes, food for people who are in extreme poverty. In addition, I give 70 euros per month to, to all people in a very poor region of Senegal, which contributes to the family economy. I do not need to display luxury cars, homes, trips, and even planes. I prefer that my people receive a top, a little of what life has given me. Like, and that's a man that earns 14 million a year. That's nice. So giving back to, uh, you know, the less fortunate because he was, uh, you know, raised a certain way. And then, you know, going piggybacking off of what we were talking about earlier, it goes off of how you're raised. You know, he was raised in a situation that's less fortunate than most. He made it big time and then he's giving back. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people miss that though. A lot of people. I mean, you have, then you have the ones like, um, uh, Ink, Inky Johnson, who something really unfortunate happens, but he still made his way. Like he, he made, he found a way to do it. And, you know, it was one of those things like he was, he was told by a correctional officer, um, or police officer you know, you're going to end up here just like your relatives. And after he got drafted or after he made it D1, he came back and he told the guy, I made it. And he goes, I said it for one of two reasons. I wanted to see how you reacted. Were you going to push yourself? Were you going to make it? Or were you going to just, you know, succumb to everything and play right into it? He's so, got really I mean, good inspiration. Yeah. And that's, I think that's where the whole, are you smart enough to think on your own and pick apart your situation without having to rely on somebody? I think that's where a lot of these kids lose it. And I don't, and it really shouldn't matter what your situation is. Yeah, I know some people have it easier than others. Um, some people have it harder than others. But I think at, everyone should be working towards to be better than their current situation. Because yeah. that's the only way you grow. Um, if you're only trying to, live through your current situation and you didn't help it develop then that's going to dry out at some point in time because you didn't help it you didn't help it develop so it's it's got to constantly no matter what your situation is you want to uh you want to like advance to the next level you never want to subdue to your current situation or as most people say you know we're you know a victim of our environment that should never always be that should never be an excuse but i know i know some situations are harder than others because you feel like that's the only way out but that shouldn't be, you know, be all in all. Yeah, everyone's saying, like, it all comes back to parenting. And I'll say, I said on all the calls, us as coaches, we're not here to rip your kids down or rip the parents off or down for a bad attitude. We want to make them grow from where they're at, make them better people. Whether mm -hmm. it's through a sport or we're teaching them life lessons in the gym, we cut the attitude out. We cut the crap. Like, yeah. we're, here, we're here to get down to business and do the work. If you don't want to do that, we'll then go somewhere else. We're literally here to help you grow. And if it takes the attitude adjustment in the gym, hey, that's what it takes. <laughs> yeah. And I've actually seen a couple situations actually where I've seen parents tearing their kids down. Like, and to me, that's just crazy. Like, I know you, you may think you're doing what's best for your kid by yelling at them. I, I mean, I don't know how you could see that as beneficial, but um, 
just yelling at them just for I'm not gonna say no reason, but almost just to yell. Yeah, uh, sometimes they yell just to yell, but in the, there's times like uh, your kids playing a game, and they don't do exactly what you felt they should have did in the game. And so you're yelling at them and you're just breaking them down, breaking them down, like telling them that they should have did this, they should have did that. And, but it's all in the way you say it. I tell people all the time, your body language speaks like volume. Um, and you can tell your kid the same thing in another way that can benefit them. Um, like just say, hey, I see what you did there. Um, let's look at it another way and let's do it this way next time and let's see how that turns out versus telling them like i can't believe you did that like you suck and all kind of stuff like that like that's just ridiculous um yeah. i mean just to kind of go backwards as well like because we, we kind of talking about situations and climbing and everything and just for kids it's also about who you surround yourself with like yes uh, most of everything is on you uh how you get out of your own situations. It's most of it's on you, yes. But if you surround yourself with bad people, you're gonna end up like those bad people. If you surround yourself with good people, you're gonna end up good. Um, you you kind of went touched on something just real quick, and um, that we kind of drifted away from when you talked about the um, it being 2020. You got to put out those disclaimers. Yeah. Um, I, to, to me, I just think that's ridiculous. Uh, I, I am going to say, like, um, as a whole, our country is just soft. Um, and we got a lot of growing up to do uh, from there. And I'm just going to be blunt, like me as a coach and me as the person I am. Um, I don't I'm not I don't put out those disclaimers. And if I say something to hurt your feelings, I'm sorry, because look, I mix with just about every race you can think of. And I mean, I'm I'm. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I don't know. Um, but tap like this. Yeah. It, it, it just comes down to it. It shouldn't bother you that much. What somebody else thinks of you. Um, like, yes, there's going to be situations where someone you're close with might have an effect on how you feel about something like that. But someone you don't know shouldn't have, they shouldn't have any kind of effect on your life. What they think shouldn't matter at all. Like, obviously, just to bring it back to coaching real quick, if you bring in someone to a coach, yes, you might not know that coach off rip, but that's someone you want to build that relationship with and you want to listen to their input. But just some random person on the street, or if you play basketball and somebody on the other team says something you don't like, well, screw them. Um, like. That's just how it is. Let's toughen up a little bit as a country. And because right now we're so soft as a country, our kids are super soft. And us being coaches, we can't do our job with the kids because we give them a little criticism and they break down and start crying. Uh, um, so we one of the cool things is you watch you watch the athletes that they're the same age, same gender. Uh -huh. And I always say same gender because it's usually those are the ones that fight with each other. Uh -huh. And you go – Say we got two 14 year old males, one Scott Scott squatting, uh, you know, two fifteen. The other one's barely tapping one fifty. Uh huh. And you know they start razzing on the one who's doing better than them. They start hating on them. I mean, yeah. that's the part that makes no sense, and it yeah. speaks volumes to their insecurity and their their lack of confidence. Uh -huh. like, that's another thing about the weight room, like, and 
the ones who fall out are the ones that realize you can't fake it. Yeah. That's it. Uh, I don't know. I I just have I have a, I have a big problem when I have when I have a 12, 13 year old athlete that is more well mannered, more mature, and will go out of their way to make sure everyone's okay than someone who is a junior or senior in college or high school. Yeah, that that's an issue. It is. It is. And I just think that. Uh, again, we keep saying that it all goes back to parenting, but I mean that's just that's just kind of how it is. And I think us being the leaders for our younger generation, we have to set a certain example. Um, and we gotta and, and kind of said this too is like people expect stuff to be handed to them nowadays because of how we we're treating the kids. Like we have to show them everything isn't just because you ask for it, don't mean you get it. Like, um, you Just have you put in the work doesn't mean you get it. Exactly. Correct. Like you can come to the gym every single day and put in all the work you want. And sometimes it's, it just won't happen. Um, but at the end of the day, what you can say is you gave it your all. Mm-hmm. Like, and to me, that's one of the biggest things that I try to instill in the players I coach is, can you say you give it your all when your time Everyone's time playing sports ends. When your time ends, can you say you gave the sport everything you had? Right. And I mean, and this is if you love the sport. Like, you see all these professional athletes, they retire, like Jeter, Kobe Bryant, and all of these players, they tell you, like, I just had nothing left. Like, I gave the sport everything I had. Well, sometimes that come a little sooner for mo- most people. Like, everyone don't make it pro, and everyone don't get to have that Hall of Fame career. Like sometimes after college, that's all you had. But did you give it everything you had while the time you was playing to say, yes, I did my best while I was playing to give myself a chance? Yeah. Yeah. I think also, too, the problem is um, like I, w- I was raised on the, the tough love you know, aspect. And I think a lot of times certain kids that were raised on that didn't like it as a kid. So when then they have their own kids, they change it and they're a little bit more lenient. Uh-huh. And then you may have you have that same uh, that same attitude that gets developed more and more and more throughout the whole process, and then you kind of develop almost an entitlement to a certain degree. That doesn't always happen that way. I mean, it can still also happen with the whole fact of that. Just the the parents in general, you ask, you get, you know, uh-huh. uh, you know, type feel. And like I said, it doesn't happen all the way, you know. And you have spurts where you have kids that can show you all three different modes. And, and, you know, and they're still a good kid, but they're still going to feel like they're entitled to certain things. They're still going to be respectful in some aspects, and they're still going to come in with a soft attitude at other times. Oh, I'm sore. I can't do it. No. Yeah. I yeah. can't get that low. <laughs> I, talk, I, I mean, I know we, we're talking about the parents and stuff a lot, but sometimes, you know, the kids are just going to have to do it themselves. They're going to have to get it in their mind that they want to be a certain way and they're going to have to do it that way. Cause I was telling Matt the other day, I actually played ball with two kids. I mean, they're brothers. Um, I mean, maybe one, two years apart um, in age, um, but they stayed in the same house. Both their parents were still together. Their parents were really well off though. Like they were pretty rich. Well, one of them 
you could tell his parents was rich because he acted like it. The other one was so down to earth that you would never have known that the other kid was his brother and that his parents were rich. Like it do come down to the kids at some point too, where the kids have to be that like model for other kids to want to be like them. Um, they have to be that leader among the rest of the kids. They have to want to be better themselves. So it comes, to, the kids got to want it just as much as the parents do. And it's uh, not, yeah, it's not the parents that want it. Like I, I say it all the time. It's just coaching. When you want to be a coach and you love coaching and you can put your heart into it, you may have that soft kid or the one that gets tough love at home and they come in here and they're like, oh, well, I got tough love at home. I'm just going to be a sensitive little little pansy here or whatever it is. And you have a coach that wants to put time into you and give you that effort and then you want to grow and become better. Like it's up to us too as coaches to help that change. Yes. In the kids. And you can see it on this, on this call right here. You got two white kids. And two black guys. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> where are the I- kids? Where are the kids? Hey, who's that? Who's that? I am round. <laughs> but it's a diverse group. And as you can tell, within the forest, we joke around. We don't care what color the other one is, what race the other one is, how old they are. We don't care about any of that. We just want to be here to work to help you guys grow. And like I said, it comes down to the kids. If the kids can see us doing that, it'll change in their mind, which essentially is going to, what's going to help change society from being so soft and all your little, you know, politically correct terms we got to use all the time. Like it's just a bunch of BS. We just got to all grow up and be mature about it. Like, oh man, the first couple of times when I was cracking jokes with Santuan or with Lester, and we had some kids that hadn't been around you guys, and they gave like the most scared looks in the world. And they're like, Did you really just say that? And I went, Well, yeah. Did I not just say it? Okay, uh, like, clarify real quick, just in case somebody's listening to this later. It was not the N word, even though that's the no, way that it is. No, 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 no. <laughs> the whole part of you, like, oh, you actually just said that? Just this the first thing that popped in my head. So Good I just context. To go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. I should say that next time. <laughs> you're not looking at our faces and you listen to the audio it sounds very yeah different. it sounds horrible um <laughs> but yeah i mean we crack certain jokes and say certain things i mean and if we were walking out in public and we did stuff like that which we probably still would it wouldn't matter and you have those people that'd be like oh my god that's so mean and they would look at the opposite person and be like why aren't you why aren't you mad at them well how can you say that and you kind of go I don't understand. He hasn't hit me in the face yet. I don't think he's mad. Well, that, that's, it's funny you say that because me and Matt get like stares all the time, like all the time. Because you know we we really don't care. Like we act how we act, and that's just how it is. A lot of times, you know, we get that look of like, why are those two kind of together? They really don't fit together, kind of thing. But then when we start talking and joking with each other, it's like, what's going on over there? Like they're talking <laughs> like they're mad at each other, they're insulting each other, but they're laughing like it doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Like I, I think most time y'all sound like an old couple just <laughs> <laughs> back and forth. But I mean, Matt made a really good point though, like with the coaching, and because you got trainers and you got coaches, and to me, there's a huge difference in that. 
coaching, like all of us here are coaches. We got into coaching because we want to impact people's lives. Like we want to be that difference. Like a trainer, you can take someone to a trainer and they're just there to take you through a few exercises. You take your money and then you're gone. But a coach, a coach is someone who is looking to, a real coach is someone who is looking to inspire someone to be better and do better and want to improve themselves. We want to be that difference in someone's lives that can make that difference and maybe them achieving something they never thought possible. Right. Yeah. And we're not there just for the, just for the session, just for that one hour, hour and a half. We're there, like, yeah. we're, we're getting to know you. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's yeah. another big thing that I think pe people don't realize is like, we're, we're there to get to know who we're training, who we're working with, who we're trying to shape. And that's and where it, it gets feel. lost. Huh? I know. I was just saying, and to have that family feel, because I mean, yeah. like, we're, I mean, we are invested in what we do, so we're not going to be just, you know, punching the clock, you know, and we're punching in, punching out on a session. You know, you paid all this money so I can just, you know, buy me a motorcycle next year. No, not, <laughs> yeah. not, no, not type of deal. Like, this is actually what we enjoy to do. This is what we love to do. I love, I mean, like, it may drag on my body, but I love getting up early because there's people that want to get better. Yeah. And I mean, there, there's like clients and stuff that like the ones that are older that I, I can send messages to on my own. I'll send messages to those clients to check up on them, make sure they're doing the things they know they need to be doing. Just seeing how their day goes. Like, obviously, there's some that a little younger that I can't really message them, but I'll message their parents and be like, hey, how such and such doing in school or how how are they coming along with their nutrition or something like that? Like I try to check up on my people, even when they're not at the gym, you go to a regular trainer, they're probably not doing that. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and just say, yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I even posted a video on our, um, our Facebook page of, you know, me going shopping with uh, one of my uh, college basketball players. Like he told me he wanted to help his nutrition out. Well, I got Matt to do his nutrition plan. And um, I know if any of y'all could have been there at the time, like y'all have been there too, but. Um, oh, that would have been a cut up. Yeah. Oh. He told me he needed help with his nutrition. I got Matt to do his nutrition. I asked him, I'm like, do you know how to shop? He said, no. I said, okay, well, let's go to the store together and we're going to make this as affordable as possible for you. Like, and I told him up front, look, you, you got a hundred dollars to spend. He said, yeah. I said, okay. And I overshot it on purpose. And I, cause I knew we weren't going to spend a hundred dollars, but I, I was trying to get a ballpark and get them ready to spend a little bit of money. We got there, we got everything he needed for, you know, a week, week, a whole week's worth of food. And I mean, it wasn't a little bit of food. We spent 50 bucks and that was it. Like yeah. I, I that was me showing him, like, look, you can do this. Like, you can come to the store and get your food and eat right for not that much money. But then even after that, like, we brought the kid home. Yeah. Like, to our home. Uh-huh. And had him in our kitchen cooking. You know, we played – he put on Kirk Franklin. We're out there dancing <laughs> like a bunch of clowns. That's why I started laughing. I was like, I remember seeing that story. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just teach him how to, how to mop the floor in his dance. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we not so we gave him the, we got him the meal plan. We went to the store with him. We brought him to the house to show him how to cook the food because he said he didn't know how to cook neither. Yeah. So we brought him to the house to show him how to cook the food. I mean, and I'm not saying any of this to brag. I'm saying like an actual coach is gonna take that extra couple steps because we do really. I mean, like deep down, we really want to see everyone succeed. Yeah. It's, that, it's that extra time and extra effort that, like, 
that's not part of what we were charging for. If we were just a trainer. Yeah. Like I'm not just taking your money. Like you said, putting you a couple lunches and sending you on your way. Yeah, I've been see, that's something else that with that you're you're not taught in college. Like no. when we're going to get this, which all it is just piece of paper. But but like when we go to get that diploma, certification, whatever you have, I mean, we're not taught those personal skills. Like I feel like that's not something you can fake. That's something you either have yeah, or you have don't it. have. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's why, like, I think we've all worked in some kind of we'll say multimillionaire style big conglomerate company one way or another. Like I worked at LA Fitness and I'm hated it. Absolutely hated it. Because <laughs> they're like, Well, did you sell them? I'm like, the hell do you talk what are you what are you talking about? And I was like, I knew they weren't gonna pay. Well, why didn't you bring them over? And I went because I wouldn't want to go over and sit in front of you for 30 minutes while you explain how a, you know, uh, a workout goes and how, how eating is supposed to happen and what this shake costs. Like that's just, you know, it's not going to work. So I, I feel it's not going to happen. Why, why call them back? Uh huh. That's it. You I mean, you, make no sales. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to think too for, um, Let's just say some I know, like Matt, for instance. Um, Matt sells supplements. There's plenty of plenty of times I've seen Matt in a situation where, yeah, he could just go to the person right away and say, "Here, buy this. Here, buy this." Well, he don't do that. He makes sure that they're doing the right thing in the right order beforehand, and then when he gets to a point where he feel like the supplement can actually help them and they'll actually use it the correct way, he'll okay. Here, this is your next step. This is what you need. Again, he's not doing it for the sale. He's doing it because he genuinely feels like it can help. And off that same thing, the same kid we taught how to cook came to me before we taught him how to cook saying, hey, I want to buy X, Y, Z. Already looked at my website and knew what he wanted. Uh And I'm like, if you can't afford to eat your food every week, you can't afford to buy supplements every, every month. Uh-huh. You need to do this, otherwise this don't matter. Uh-huh. Like, yep. I've, and that's oh, that's a huge talk in itself. Like yeah. you can push off sales all you want. Like I could have said, okay, here, buy this and don't worry about the food. Uh-huh. But that's not the process you need. Like yeah. you need the training, you need the proper nutrition, and then you fill in over here with supplements. Like that's uh-huh. <laughs> we didn't get there yet. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so San Antoine, any any last remarks before we close it out? All right, guys. Um, no. Just gonna stand here. Get ready for my Monday motivation. <laughs> my Monday motivation, but no, I don't really have anything. Um. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I definitely say this was uh, this was fun, fun uh, second episode we've done um and for anyone that listens to it um take something from it i mean whether if it was just you know you got people out there whether if you can't come to us and you're listening from somewhere else uh if we can help you like remotely which we've done already before with more than one one person um, and we're about to get even more coming up real soon especially for the working moms exactly um you know all, all them moms on the go uh <laughs> <laughs> I gotta start putting the videos up for this. <laughs> They're too good. What's up, guys? Coach Stanley here. <laughs> the fact that y'all keep laughing about that—that's like that's my gimmick. That's my thing. You know, everybody has their 
I don't even know how I even developed that. I think it's probably just nervous. You're like, yep. Yeah, pretty much probably. I was, you know, trying to sign. People was like, you need to sound more excited. And I'm like, I am very excited, but I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fun. I'm very fun. That's funny because, like, if you, I mean, if you just look at the call, like, I'm the exact opposite. Like, I'm almost screaming into the camera and we're not even talking to anyone. <laughs> like, my bad, y'all. I'm really not trying to yell at nobody. It's just, I mean, I'm controlling your volume. Don't worry. <laughs> all of us here are very passionate about what we do it's just the way we push that off is completely yeah. different. <laughs> and if, if i ever post this video you guys will see what kind of uh, appetite coach stanley has um by the spoon on his wall uh, <laughs> uh, hey, you mess with my jesus quote up there no i said the spoon not the quote yeah i know the spoons go with the quotes <laughs> it just means you eat well <laughs> Whatever. Um, I, that's my cereal. That's my cereal. <laughs> there's, a, there's his motivational Monday right there. We done. Um, he's already a day ahead of time, and now he can move to Technique Tuesday. <laughs> oh Well, who's got motivation Monday for the gym? I don't think we figured that out yet. We haven't figured that out yet. I'll take it. Oh, now I have to wait to see who's got Monday uh, motivation win Monday. Uh, I'm about to say motivational motivation. Wednesday. Sorry, Wednesday. No, I was gonna, I was gonna do a little spill. Be like. While you're listening to this podcast, get ready for tomorrow because we got Motivation Monday with Coach, but I don't know. <laughs> we can just end it on a cliffhanger. Uh-huh. So, all right, I'll close this out. Um, I was pretty fun. You know, same thing. If you guys can take something from this, do that. Um, yeah. You got a whole oh, here. To all the parents that will be watching this, um, yes, none of us are parents, so don't be trying to attack us on our views, but it's just what we talked <laughs> yeah, these are personal opinions. They're not. They're, they're not backed by facts. These are just four people talking. This so, is what this is what we see uh-huh. happens. We only talk about real life situations. So that happens. Us. If you if you feel triggered, then you're one of the ones we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I see. It. And if you figure out if you're the ones we were talking about, well, then uh, good job. You you're earned. You picked it apart. <laughs> The first, the first step is acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> deny, deny, deny. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, let's give this a third try now. Um, <laughs> and say thanks to everyone who's listening. Um, if you come by the facility, do it. If you can't, then uh, jump in on one of our live calls after we get it actually up and running again. <laughs> Oh, but wait, okay. one thing real quick. No, go ahead, finish. <laughs> okay, Kanye. All right. So uh, we'll catch you next week on uh, Coach's Corner, strength, strength, and, uh, strength and Conditioning Edition, where uh, Coach we- Coach Ant Stutter Crawley uh, will, will be here to MC. <laughs>